be a stupid bitch. We are in control now. Yes, that's right. Y'all law infidels, it's time to kick off the week. The Slummer Sam, the Steppenwolf Pack, born to be wild. And here we are, Hameen Media Group, ChannelAttitude.com. Brother turns on brother. <laughs> and isn't it a mother? Here, MLR, Hacker Hameen, solo. YOLO. Oh, yes. What's good? What's good, guys? I see the chat room filling up here live. Ben Humming, YouTube channel, twitch.tv slash Humming Media. And as always, exclusively at channelattitude.com for the hardcore subs, the HMG soldiers, and the new uh, reinvented, reposted, and uh, fill it up. Get over there and join the Humming Media group. group. That's right. Double group. Humming Media group group. Infidels for Tony Soprano as uh, we got Zuckerberg on the other one. No, no uh, idea why, uh, but uh, Big Ray and and the rest of the staff, William Alicia, and and everybody's been working hard to make sure we got a place to play. And uh, some some new members over there, some high level members over there. I actually saw a Gear Maker for L.A. Night and Cody Rhodes is in the Hameen Media discussion. Whoa. Well, I guess we've dropped the discussion, <laughs> but uh, you know, let's uh, let's let's know that we're the best wrestling fans there are on the planet, and uh, not fall into any traps because everybody's watching all the time. Everything's a test. Uh, I always say that to my students, and it was said to me. And it's a it's a healthy dose of paranoia to keep in the wrestling world, but uh, we have a good time with that. And I know there's also a the Pick'em Challenge. Whoa. I got a feeling those two will merge. We just needed to make sure there was a place for SummerSlam so you guys could get your points. I was up against Kevin Mari for the $5 face slap championship, and I liked a lot of my picks. A couple things, Brock and uh, Cody, I got wrong, and I said yes to title change, but I also said yes to uh, what was the big 10-pointer at the end? Uh, yeah, I would love to see a 10-pointer in the woods this fall, but uh, I can't remember what it was at, off the top of my head, but I think I stuck the landing on that one as well. Bobbo's in the house with all my 33 and a thirds, and now we can take super – get me super thanks. I don't know what the fuck a super thank is, but YouTube let me know that that's another way from super stickers or super – suck jobs i don't know whatever you can do on youtube but we are remonetized there but y'all uh, enough shaking you up and down uh for the change in your pockets but it is the first of the month <laughs> so cash your checks and come on infidels uh cough button but i see elite video productions was the first of the chat this morning from down under or else he's just an ai from the fake uh country of australia but a big fan of uh Awesome the show, man. I really appreciate that. And uh, I'm sure you're more than well aware of the great Pierce Austin network that's going on down there, our brother in Australia, as well as uh, so many others that have joined us. Um, oh, my, I'm drawing a blank this morning. Heavy metal dude, uh, <laughs> uh, big follower of the show and the conspiracy horseman, everything that's going on there, man. It's so crazy just to have 
uh, a global reach here from the missile silo where I have to keep an eye on so many countries and everything uh, in my world domination plans, whether it's having my Saudi uncles raise gas prices and cut back production or, you know, telling you there's a war in Ukraine. Meanwhile, people are partying by the pool and hanging out, having a good time all summer long. And and uh, aliens, you know, I got all this uh, Project Bluebeam stuff I got to work on, too. But uh, check in with Australia this morning. Big shout out to everybody there, man. Uh, I was hanging with Referee Cyber, and so I didn't do the um, watch along for uh, SummerSlam. Uh, but, yo, uh, everybody's in the house. Greg Moser from Louisville checking in, our, our favorite tattoo artist from down there, you guys, as well, as well as my man Amp Williams. Got the word on the streets down in the the southern tip uh bobo's here frank's pickle barrel ass buckshot kid and uh paul f hanging out as well uh kevin Murray, i don't know we'll see he's in the chat room too let's see uh who comes out on top i haven't added up the points but uh y'all uh, man uh, we'll see who does well in the pick'em challenges i moved up from like number 19 to number four with a goddamn bullet pal after the last one so uh it's going it's going on i see the vets in the house too appreciate the vet this morning i think i'm going to crank this one solo oh uh, yeah crank me solo pal because i know big stevie cool's got a big day of work to do and so do i i gotta march off to syracuse and uh syracuse and and do more work for the cannabis uh exciting week this week uh hopefully getting everything signed with leases and uh then, then it gets really real once the checks are cut so Big doings, big doings, uh, Hameen Media Group business-wise, uh, you know, the the podcast platform. I'm looking forward to Master Shoot Theater this week and uh, everything that I got going on. So appreciate you, and uh, I'm sure the vet will do some great conversations if he's up holding down the West Coast uh, front there as well. I saw the <laughs> vet might need to be uh, on, on full alert over there because uh, I saw the Russians are – buzzing alaska just to try and be uh peckerheads we're back to some top gun era bullshit you know what i mean and it's just ridiculous the world we live in to <laughs> have to worry about decrepit presidents and everything else and I mean, all i really want to know about is aliens and probably planet x that's incoming in the next however many years it's gonna tilt our planet on its axis, and that's why you're seeing things from antarctica with fucking uh you know new pyramids and talks of jungles that exist in antarctica and you know just to get people ready for a major polar shift or whatever the frig is coming so all that in a, in a nutshell and here we got to talk you know <laughs> you know when when things get bad it's bread and circuses and there's no bigger bread and circus than pro wrestling sponsored by slim jim they're so excited to have that Slim Jim uh, spot back, man, you know. But uh, I was thinking, who would, who would be the good guy to slot back in there uh, in the Macho Man spot that you could get over? I mean, Macho was over as fuck when he got that. But, I mean, you could have multiple people, but you really want to have one awesome spokesman. And to me, a guy that is great with, en with energy, looks awesome, and has, uh, you know, a very retro look, uh, especially with the um, – uh, the mustache, Burt Reynolds uh, style mustache is uh, Boogs. God damn it, it's Boogs, pal. I think uh, Boogs is the guy, man. He, he could definitely do some over-the-top stuff. He's so jacked. He's squatting a 1,000 pounds, like snap into a Slim Jim and lift up the back of a car. You know what I mean? <laughs> Boogs could do it. So uh, that was uh, – I think he's the guy that – 
could be a great spokesman and that would help him get over and make him special on the mic and and have a little bit of a part of the show for himself, whether it's house show stuff, throwing out Slim Jims or in the mic or in the mic, in, in the ring, he snaps into one and comes back with a shitty closed line comeback. You know what I mean? I think that's the, I think Boogs is the way to go, uh, but they'll probably try and slot in a couple people. Why not have people dress up like Macho Man and do a, do a snap into a uh, parody. So you get everybody to do it, whether it's Dom, whether it's Rhea, whether it's Rollins, you know what I mean? Everybody does their best Macho Man. LA Knight would be excellent too, Mike Martin. I think that was probably my second one, but I don't think, well, I mean, if he's hot, they're going to want him. You know what I mean? Uh, Boogs isn't as hot as LA Knight is. So you got a good point there of taking your top guy and marketing wise, I just see Boogs as being able to kind of be a spokesman for a lot of years where LA Knight might be hot now and kind of surpass it. And then you'd have to slot somebody in. Um, but uh, I think either of those are great choices. I think, yeah, I don't think there's a wrong choice there at all. Uh, Big Stevie Cool's in the chat this morning too. He says, uh, don't worry, you guys, the next nuclear war will be sponsored by Cinnamon Toast Crunch. So sacrilegiously delicious. Uh, it'll be <laughs> a great day when you're eating your Cinnamon Toast Crunch and go, hey, what's that big bolt of uh, light? And then <laughs> nothing, uh, nothing left. And also another great veteran, aside from the vet, my man, uh, Charles Alford, a.k.a. Uh, the Hammer, Charles the Hammer Evans, my big brother's doing his cardio this morning, listening to us uh, doing that, man. So big shot to him. Hopefully he had a good weekend, dude. Always love to see so many veterans in the live chat kicking the week off with us, man. Uh, makes me feel like we're definitely doing something <laughs> right, because otherwise they just roll their eyes and turn me off. So, uh, But, y'all, uh, man, hopefully you guys get your uh, your day in. And uh, the Artisan Returns got to grow in. New day new days a great choice too i i think uh that's awesome if i was an executive at slim jim and i would be uh, presented with who i want to go with based on what that is any any three of those so i you could sit down and probably watch the promo from them and it would be over as hell you know what i mean it would be really over so but it was cool nostalgia to see that bring that back and for them to have slim jim i mean they're selling out like nascar right now because even when I was watching with referee Cyburns, there was some insurance. I can't remember what the frig it was, uh, policy insurance that was another big sponsor. But it was on all of the uh, ring aprons going around and, and all that stuff. Um, but uh, I think that's mainly because, and even though the deal's not done, uh, you know, we had two TVs up there and UFC on one, which was a great UFC until the main event fucking sucked. It was just all ground submission, like stalling. It, it, it wasn't exciting at all. Uh, the rest of the fights were pretty damn great, though. And uh, SummerSlam on the other one. And, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, Frank's pickle bear last says, well, sorry, what about a girl for Slim Jim? Becky Lynch, if you want to capture that market and do the man crossover thing, you know, there's uh, there's there's a lot of choices there of people who could step up. But I, I think Boogs, in my opinion, would be the top guy. Um, sorry, I was going somewhere and I lost my train of thought there looking at the chat. <laughs> uh, but no, no worries there. Uh, somebody can remind me it's early morning and uh, I had my cup of uh, Vince Russo bro Broster's coffee. Actually, I had some from Dominican Republic. It was delicious. Uh, um, 
Yeah, uh, total uh, stoner moment and forgot where we were going. <laughs> Wagwan do. So uh, somebody check me in the in the chat room and uh, I'll, I'll circle back to where I was before I had to finish up my hindsight 2020 uh, Slim Jim thoughts. Um, <laughs> points early on here, uh, Stevie. Ridge Holland snapping necks and Slim Jims. We're doing it, pal. We're doing it real big out here. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, like I said, we're going to, we're going to power through this morning and, uh, and hit the headlines, the hot headlines post, uh, summer slam. It was, a uh, a good time. What was I saying? I had UFC on one and, uh, and, uh, on the other. So just some summer slam recap while well, I got UFC on and they got the, uh, Shayna Baszler, uh, they got the Shayna Baszler Ronda Rousey match and like the guy, the referees, in between them, like setting up the rules that this is a UFC, no DQ, yada, 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 you know? And I'm going, why didn't we billboard this for the last three weeks that this was what I was going into? And why don't we have a cage for them to fight in if this is going to be a shoot? And then, <laughs> and then uh, you know, they come down and they both got this big raccoon eye makeup on. I'm going, yeah. Cause you see that a lot in UFC, uh, you know, fighters are always coming down with shit. That's going to leak into their eyes. And uh, you know, we got to have that after like, you couldn't make it any more visually, not a shoot, but then the fight itself had a lot of great work to shoot stuff in it. A lot better than the new Japan bullshit I've seen, you know? Uh, so the, I'm like, where did, where did this offense come from <laughs> the rest of their career? They should have been. But then I got UFC on and she hits, uh, you know, Rousey hits uh, Bezos or something. And Rousey gets up and starts walking around. I go, oh, you always see that in UFC. After you take somebody over, make sure you get up, walk the horseshoe, and pose to the camera of watch this before I get back on them. No. In UFC, like we have it right next to it, you're, you're just on them, on them. If you get somebody down, there's no, like, if you're going to let them up, if they're going to try and upkick you or kick your knee out, like we could have had that instead they're right back to stunt and wrestling. So there was a couple like, what are we, what are we doing type scenarios uh, in here? Uh, the thing that really stuck out to me that I will put SummerSlam over for that. A lot of people seem dismayed. I didn't mind uh, really almost anything. There was just a couple things that were, uh, I, I would make different changes. I, I, I thought it was a good solid show all the way around. The crowd seemed hot. Um, you know, we even had, uh, Kaz there, Mike Casalina, our great social media expert. He was doing, uh, on the, on the scene, uh, shots for us in the production chat. Uh, it was, it was pretty cool. Um, but what I liked was, I say this a lot and it's Baskin Robbins, 31 flavors of ice cream, right? No segment really. Every segment had its own flavor. You had the celebrity high flying stuff to kick off the show with Logan Paul and very, very, you know, impressive, man. I mean, they, it's all, they probably walked through it 50 times, but, and there were a couple of spots that were janky, but this guy is so good athletically and can <laughs> outperform 90% of the WWE roster. That's incredible to me. And that's not just about hitting the moves and the timing, which he has, he definitely has. It's the character, the look at it, the to get all that. That's almost unheard of to be able to do it at the level he's doing. It was so 
few experiences in front of live crowd. And I don't care if that's his own podcast and stuff or what there's, there's a high level of this and he's operating at that level. And, uh, and I thought it was really good. So high flying celebrity. Then we go to Cody Brock, uh, a great story of uh, the 10 count being the 10 count and, and, and Michael Cole just stay down, blah, 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 you know, the fight from underneath with Cody didn't like the finish there. And uh, I might save that to go into that with Stevie a little later to get his opinions because I have one way I kind of look at it and I'm interested to hear a veteran opinion on that to maybe counter correct or set me straight on it, or maybe allegedly consult and agree. Um, from the, from after that, we, Oh, I can't even remember. We had battle Royal, right. With LA night going over, give the people what they want. Big fit baby face pop in the middle of the show. Uh, that was solid. The girls triple threat. This is where I get like, uh, you know, a lot of spots that were just, we got to get these spots in after they, after they'd hit something, they're turning sideways to get the flip, to get the knees up, to go off. You know what I mean? The top and stuff. Like there was just a lot of like phony things. Like you got to hit this and then wiggle into position to do that. And that's okay. I mean, they can do whatever they want. They, 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 they pulled a lot of time and they just had too much shit to get in. And it looked phony. They were taking care of each other though. They weren't killing each other. But then my problem is with the genius of the goddamn sky running. Okay. EO goes over for the title with the money in the bank cash in and the people pop for it. That's a problem because she's in a heel group. Uh, And the story we've been telling or were telling and then went away from was Bailey being jealous and EO trying to break out of her shadow because she has this opportunity with money in the bank. Great. I have no problem with that, but we, we definitely shock on this whole thing because they could have run down like they did to cash in. No problem there. EO hits her with something, goes up to hit the finish after cashing in. That's where Bailey needed to turn on EO, push her off the top rope, so then EST can hit EO with something and beat her and keep the title. And Bailey looked like she would have been behind EO Sky winning, but really Kat doesn't because she doesn't want her friend to step out from underneath her shadow. Now we have the real heat that we've been building toward between Bailey's jealousy of EO and EO's moment and Bailey taking that away from her and the crowd will be behind EO even more. And Bailey will be defined as the heel EST walks away. Then some way one of 50 ways we get it slotted in that Bailey now gets a shot at EST And, uh, you know, for the title, because, you know, EO cashed in and lost. And now Bailey's the next number one contender, whatever. We can do 50 things during that match. EO needs to come fuck over Bailey and Bailey needs to do something. heel like sides. I'm just saying you can do any offense here. Sidestep on a spear and EO uh, kills EST. Bailey hits EO Sky with something, then rolls over, covers EST for the one, two, three. So really, EO's the one that took out EST, but Bailey capitalized. Bailey, new champion. Now, EO would get a shot at Bailey 
and dethrone her without cashing in in a, in a heel way. Running down and cashing in as a heel is, is, is not how you want to make a baby face. <laughs> that's our big problem. And the crowd's half popping for heel, but that's the problem too. They're half popping. She's only a lukewarm heel that was kind of break out underneath, and we went away from that story. So when she wins it, it's not really at the pinnacle. So she's a lukewarm baby face as opposed to getting a heat, like paying off that dissension storyline, putting the belt on the heel after fucking over her friend. And now her friend breaks out and tries to help her, but she goes over and helping her for the title inadvertently. Then we get the real matchup and EO beats the top heel, the friend that after over, then she'd be over as a major baby face right now. She's like, if this is the fence line between heel and, and, and baby, they're only this far away on either side. And that's not making anybody. We need extreme heel, extreme baby face. That's just the way the pendulum swings. If you just have it here in the middle, you're never really going to get over as either one of them. So that finish uh, was done way too early and uh and and they could have done that and shown in a very like i say show don't tell manner if you would have seen her cashing in and we see bailey effing her over now the crowd's in a, the crowd would have hated bailey taking that moment away from them hated it and instead we have the lukewarm heel that has baby face tendencies go over and uh, you know, we, we missed it. We missed it. So that had me a little befuddled. I liked the, you know, even I'm not like, a, Hey, allegedly, uh, allegedly we might be consultants or were at one time, but even in the Hami media discussion group, group. or just Hami media group group, I should say now, uh, you know, what do you predict tonight? Somebody posted for the main event. I go, Jay comes back, heels on J or Jimmy comes back, heels on Jay. And Roman over and bing, bang, boom. It, I mean, it writes itself. It was probably the top choice of where they had. And I don't think they booked themselves into a corner with that choice. Uh, a lot of people were hating on the main event and the girls. I didn't, I didn't hate on the main event. I kind of fast forwarded through it. So I didn't really sit through 15 minutes of entrances, which I'm sure would have made it brutally uh, <laughs> tougher to watch with, uh, you know, let's stare at a pepper necklace. How about that? They tell, they tell about the goddamn pepper necklace for the first time on SmackDown and, and on the pay-per-view. That would have been nice to know three months ago while we've been staring at the goddamn pepper necklace every week. Okay. Uh, like the, these are the parts of the story that are very important early on in detail with the Rikishi putting it over everybody putting it over of the, of what that really symbolizes and means. Instead, we got Michael Cole going, the symbolism is apparent like, is you're just like, what are you talking about, bro? So, uh, I like the Baskin Robbins 31 flavors of this show. I thought everybody had their own segment and it was all uniquely different and it all hit the right way. Um, some things I might have booked differently. I mean, I'm sure Brock wants to be on a plane as soon as he can be. But you can't go, here's the first of our main events tonight when the when it's in the second slot on the show. Um, I think Cody should have lost. And there's a reason for that, not just because I'm like, he's not the guy. It's another uh, It's another way to build him the right way right now we're back at the base of the mountain on the hero's journey. And that's not what it should be. We like, what are we going to start another mountain only get to the top to have the dragon slay us once again? 
like uh th there's a different story to be told and i look forward to talking uh to stevie about that so uh y'all uh, i didn't watch rollins and uh finn either and i know another weird thing and uh, and it's in the sheets here uh the girls hot because they got pulled off the show uh you know uh trish and becky lynch so expect some petty fallout from that this week so y'all uh, uh let's get to the headlines as we're 33 strong that's our cue 33 and a third here hmg monday locker room you guys hopefully had a great weekend all the way around uh, man, I just had a, I had a frustrating day Saturday. I was so kind of wore myself out with the, you know, obviously with the new cannabis venture, usually I can do 120 days kind of standing on my head in solitary confinement in the missile silo and adding another 40 hour a week job just took me from like 85, 90 hours to about 115 hours of work. And I, I just felt completely stomped out by life and it was one of those days like king midas in reverse where everything you touch goes to shit and i wanted to go golf with sideburns and just had one of the worst outings of my life there and it was just frustration upon frustration you guys know how it goes how it stacks up on you but the next day was a new day and uh you know uh, thankful to be half-ass healthy and uh you know doing you know you, you look at what um great friends will go through and uh, a friend of mine suffering right now with uh stage four uh you know pancreatic and what stevie went through with his back and whatnot and you're like what the fuck are you bitching about that a golf game got you pissed off because you just wanted to escape from the business pressure like shut the fuck up and shut the fuck up chop wood carry water and be the man you're supposed to be like sometimes you just need that slap in the face or you can go to the ring and talk about ADHD and RSD pills that you've been taking since you were 10 years old. Cause you, you can't fucking handle negative criticism. One, one of the two. Oh uh, y'all. Yeah, um, you know what? I, I actually uh, just had a reverse stoner moment though. And to go back to finish my thought, cause otherwise that'll drive me nuts and I won't sleep tonight. Uh, I was talking about, the advertising of the insurance company and everything I, it was slim Jim. You see a lot more of that. And I got to believe that's because of their deal with endeavor. Um, wow. It's crazy how these thoughts just come back and hit you like a fucking arrow in the head. Uh, having UFC up next to it and seeing the uh, UFC ring, obviously, you know, decked out with all their sponsors, like it's NASCAR. I think you're going to see so much more of that with, uh, with WWE because that's a big reason why uh, I'm sure Endeavor bought it because they can go to their partners and go, now we'll give you even more coverage and up the price so you can pay double what you're paying now and we'll put you on both of them. So um, I think that's uh, I think that that's going to be something to really keep an eye on with sponsored athletes, with more WWE crossover, with more commercials, all that stuff they're going to be using. They don't really use the UFC fighters that much, but maybe that's because they don't have the personality to be spokespeople for some of these products, you know, and I think WWE definitely does and will. So thirsty. <clears throat> Y'all. All right, let's get to the sheets. Triple H says post-match moment from SummerSlam was completely unplanned. Uh, completely unplanned, completely in the moment. And uh, just for me, Brock Lesnar is such a unique athlete, human being, all those things, but he really, I don't believe, gets the credit he deserves for being the all one of the all-time greats at this. Unbelievable athlete at the highest level, UFC at the highest level. You can make the argument and be accurate, great combat athlete of all time. 
But just talking about sports entertainment, just my opinion, one of the greatest of all time. That's on the, uh, you know, put over of Cody after the match. Uh, and it felt very organic. It felt real. And you're kind of waiting for Brock to take his head off. But, uh, you know, it's the best of three. And Brock did business how he was told to. And, um, you know, there's 50 different ways to get out of the finish. And uh, the baby face arm raise at the end was good. Uh, I don't know. Did he raise the broken arm? I couldn't remember. I, I don't, I'm not sure off the top of my head. If he did, I was like, eh, we just made wrestling phony, but, uh, you know, there was, there was plenty of, of stuff there, uh, that was in the moment you could tell and, um, crowd really ate it up. I mean, but it's second, second match babies up after a heel finish so, in seg one. So you're ready to pop big. So they, that is a good spot to get them over. You know, you're going to go heel finish baby second. You want babies up right there and the crowd's hottest in the beginning wanting to pop. You want to put it on Cody. That's how you get it over. A lot of that's the reasoning in their minds, but still doesn't, still not the best choice on the board. And I look forward to talking to Stevie about that. Uh, Kofi, or excuse me, Xavier Woods addresses his hiatus from TV following Kofi Kingston's injury. Um, Kofi's tag partner Woods has not wrestled since May uh, of 2023. Commented on his hiatus, he says, Honestly, it's been a good little reset, you know. Next year will be 20 years in wrestling for me, so being able to take a couple of weeks and mentally reset and then kind of reset your body as well, it's good for the mind. It's cool seeing so many people from NXT finally come up to the main roster, people that we wanted to wrestle with for so long. It's really be cool because I know that once we're back, Kofi and myself. There are so many new chess pieces on the board to mess with. If I'm honest, there's a lot of things that are circulating in my mind, and I'm beyond ready to get them out on screen. Um, yeah, obviously, New Day can make anybody and are the most seasoned performers and PR guys that you probably have on the roster. I did see uh, a follow-up, though, uh, with Big E. Uh, has been advised by doctors to not wrestle again, and he wants to make the best decision for his life. He says, uh, we did the year checkup and all that stuff, and it looked great. But on the other side, I also talked to spine specialists, people who have worked on other people in the company and done their fusions, and they said, hey, I would not wrestle again if I were you. For me at 37, well, he's a young man. I thought he would be closer to 40. Uh, these are things I think about. I think about the quality of life when I started this job at 23 and probably had a bit of a death wish, and I was okay with at dying in the ring. I would now like to not die in the ring. I would like to do other things in my life. I don't really have a timeline right now. I'm just really grateful to have any not have any nerve pain. My strength is great, legit, no issues whatsoever. It's something I want to be smart about and make the best decision for my life. I'd like to have a lot of healthy life ahead of me. I want to be smart about things. Unfortunately, right now I have no answer. I feel great, but I have nothing. Well, he doesn't have nothing. He's got plenty, plenty of incredible charisma and incredible talent. And I got to believe that, uh, you know, with what they just did with the shakeup, Michael Cole now pulling raw and SmackDown double duty, uh, with, uh, Irish Mc, uh, you know, uh, lucky charms and uh and then with the peaky fucking blind as Stu bennett um i think Stu's great uh i'm not here to bury uh the kid doing trying to do his best but uh definitely not my first choice i'll say that uh to be on the mic on raw or smackdown uh better in small doses backstage uh for sure uh, but he's been given an opportunity. You're not going to say no when they say, get out there, kid. You fucking get the fuck out there and, and suit up. So it's not on him. 
Uh, he may be in the deep end a little bit before he knows how to swim that way. And I think Big E, uh, without trying to be too comical, he's obviously going to have his improv moments in comedy with the baby faces. I think Big E is a great guy to to swap out, to put there on commentary. So my guess would be by October, you'll probably see that switch. Uh, I'm not sure what Graves is doing, uh, whether it's, you know, they're going to do three man booth with Graves and that kid or not. But, uh, you know, that's that's just whatever's going on. Uh, we got a, somebody I haven't seen here. Arakara Blue says hit that like button. Appreciate you guys uh, doing that. I don't know. The super sticker cheers and Twitters. Oh, oh my. Oh no. We have a little spectrum issue there for a second. Yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> Cold blooded says, Who wants the spectrum on the fucking spectrum this morning? Nothing wants to work right here. But uh, yeah, that just was kind of my weekend too. But we're powering through powering through and hopefully you guys are too uh, only a couple weeks of summer left here and uh, make the most of it make some moments uh i always look forward to fall though that's my favorite time I'm not sweating my ass off things look nice um y'all y'all wrestling with rip rogers in the house as well just some awesome content with uh von lilas and so many great guests make sure you guys are subscribing over there love seeing uh rip on the road i uh, taking flights and in the car with Vaughn, man like you know a lot of years rip was kind of sidelined from that stuff and i love that the internet and and all the work that big von daddy's done to uh make rip's legacy exact mean exactly what it has and they've done such great things and great numbers just passing a million views and over five thousand subs i know he's von was like pops how do i get uh 300 300 a thousand how do we get monetized and it, it just takes time you just got to keep chipping away and creating that content and and now they are and not only is it about earning you know super stickers or uh ad revenue for for true rip guys and i don't think there's any truer rip guy than von lilas uh you know is uh is preserving rip's legacy and uh all that footage from the 80s and 90s has got to be digitized and, and put out there and, and whatnot it Von Lylos has done that uh, perfectly and uh, and really learned on the fly and has become one of the best producers in the podcast game right now. So uh, it takes that effort. Stevie does it with the Stevie wrestling, Stevie uh, wrestling analysis, Stevie Richards wrestling analysis, incorporating new technology, building out the studio. And there's a lot of wrestlers who have great knowledge, but I'll tell you what they don't have the work ethic to learn the technology, to learn the business plan, to learn what it takes to make something unique and craft what they do, as opposed to just doing a salacious hot take, hoping that you're still going to be over based off of your celebrity from years ago. You can do that too, but what are you really offering to the community? And I think uh, Stevie and Von Lylas have done a great job of really adding a product that's uh, unique and different in, in all their own ways. And somebody else has two Triple H addresses Vince McMahon's spinal surgery and his involvement in the creative process. Miss T, the trans are trans are kissed in the house. You can check them out uh, or uh, pronoun out uh, on the impact attack 
with the vet as well. Big, big shout out. Love those trailer park boys, uh, gifts that always putting out the positivity makes me pop every time. Uh, when I, when I see that. So what's up, bam, green eggs and ham to you this morning. Uh, peanut butter and jam, uh, you big mustard tiger. Uh, let's see. Well, speaking to the media at 2023 WWE SummerSlam post-show press conference, triple game commented on, yeah, Vince McMahon having major spinal surgery. Says, I'm not a doctor. I can't tell you how fast his recovery will be. Uh, but if I'm guessing, I'm a guessing man. I've seen Vince come back from some remarkable things way faster, cough button, than anybody else I've ever seen do it. He still brags he, he was back quicker from two quad tears faster than I was from one. So you know how long that is. I don't know. At this time, uh, oh, uh, addressing him in the creative uh, process, at this time, point in time, if all of us didn't like uh, look at the moments in time for counsel from him, for thoughts of ideas, or if we have a question to go ask him, we'd be silly not to. I'd be sitting next to somebody that knows about this or has forgotten more about this than you'll ever know, maybe, and not to utilize this in some aspects, but he is day-to-day, no, is he day is he. In it all the time? No. And if anybody has earned the right to do that, well, whatever. This is word salad uh, where he's saying uh, pretty much what that means is, is he in it day to day while we crank out the script? No. Is he in it time to time when we need revisions or he just throws something out and shreds a whole fucking segment? We write everything. Well, yeah, he's earned the right to do that. <laughs> has he? He's earned the right to fucking come in shave the show and kill all the continuity rewrite the fucking format just to fit what he wants so you can go insidious oscar big bad bill or whatever the fuck right like whatever alliteration is that really what we want to do here or do we want to write a whole show with continuity where what happens in the beginning with show don't tell actually influences the end outcome in a cliffhanger and or you know uh who done it scenario so uh, a very press conference answer there, and I'm sure that might make its way into the press conference as well. Uh, let's see here. What other WWE? WWE star frustrated with creative direction and feels that his orga- organic momentum from 2022 was wasted. Uh, during an interview with the Daily Star, Sheamus commented on his past year in the company since uh, 2022 clashed the PLE. He says, I'm not upset about anything at all. Losing the Gunther at Clash at the Castle, it felt great. I was just the type of character Seamus is, all, all fits and elbows. When uh, What I was upset about and what really bothered me was the creative after that. I came out of that with so much organic momentum. It was just wasted. It didn't go anywhere. It was a dead end. Just like with WrestleMania, Drew McIntyre went away because he was injured, but I was ready to go and just nothing. There was no avenue and nowhere to go, and that's frustrating. I did the war games thing uh, that was shit. That's how I felt, though others might have felt differently. Uh, He says, I was gutted about money in the bank, but delighted Butch was there and did a hell of a job. He puts over the rest of the boys. Um, Yeah, man, that's a tough spot to be in because this guy's had an unbelievable career as a champion, tag champion, character worker, reinvented as the Bowery Boys or the Celtic Warrior, you know, all that stuff, and then kind of getting over with his – offensive package yeah uh you know with the the thump in the chest and you know everything that he's got going on fella uh a lot of 
a lot of great stuff throughout the years. And he's kind of, I can't, you know, even his workouts, they show how intense that is. I think he's done a great job with his workout channel and, and gets it fully and never had to hit the tanning salon in his life. <laughs> so he, he's worked that gimmick pretty well of being the milky white guy. Um, but just an awesome, you know, worker with a, a serious brawler style. Like you believe when he's thumping on you that it, it's all right there. But when it's the big high spot kryptonite crunch off the second rope and shit, he's not putting guys out. He takes care of people, just a, a kind of a supreme professional. But when you get to that spot and you're 15 years in in WWE and you've had all those other runs, it now becomes time to do business for other guys because you're so established as a credible individual that you got to put them over. But if you don't have anything coming out of that, you're kind of dead in the water and he's dead on with that. And I, I'm not trying to say that uh, my career is even close to what drew and uh, you know, Seamus have done, but I just kind of am going through that a little bit as well, where I, I you know, I won both uh, indie titles and I do business for different reasons, but the one kid who's in the conspiracy against me, uh, it was his time to go over you know, uh, Garrett holiday and the crowd wanted all that payoff and, and where to go. Now, fortunately I can pursue Kayla all I want and do kiss me Kayla. Here's my point. If you're going from a title feud at the top and you're about to spin out and do business for somebody, you have to have something personal and a blood feud is about the only thing that will trump a title feud after you've spun out from it that's what we're seeing with uh the usos right we're gonna not take the title off roman we've got the blood feud going and that is if you don't have that business set up they're gonna lose interest in you there and in an injury if if drew had a bad one is gonna even hold that up so you kind of have to have the finish of one transition into the other to keep that going and if there's an interruption in that flow now we're kind of back to square one and we have to reset again. Um, but thankfully, Seamus is a made guy. But, how, you know, all that momentum, like he's saying, gets brushed aside. And that, it's a tough thing when you can see where it should have gone. But outside contributing factors make that an impossible task. And now how do we reset that and try and catch the next bus to success town uh, doing that? How do we catch the next bus to pound town? Fuck success town, pal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> lighten it up here. Lighten the load, you guys, uh, this morning as well. So I like that. I don't know if uh, fans or dirt sheet reporters are even going to really understand the booking of that, of what he's saying. They just see that he's frustrated with his booking. Well, the reason is, 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 is how, not what it was, but the timeline of how it may be carried out and you feel that momentum slipping away when you had a good plan in place to do some good creative going forward. And I'm sure he could have pulled it off. Absolutely. Uh, more growing frustrations with creative out of SummerSlam. And it's, I'm, you know, I'm sure Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus pulled from uh SummerSlam. Uh, as previously noted, uh, the play, the match will take place August 14th in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Uh, is that was Winnipeg? I don't know. 
uh, Canada instead of SummerSlam. Fightful confirmed that speculation that Becky and Trish were pulled from SummerSlam card because the match would have been severely limited in time. Either well, that might not have been a bad thing uh, because we had pretty long matches. A quick match would have with the heel get over on Becky. What Becky uh, would have been fucking uh, a, a quick refresher in there, but uh, you know. Everybody's got to pull 20 minutes or else. Uh, neither Becky nor Trish are said to be dealing with injuries that would have prevented them from doing the match. And Fightful noted neither woman was thrilled with the adjustment, which came into focus in the days before their Raw match was set up. There are, uh, there are growing frustrations backstage in regards to WWE regarding the handling of the women's division. Trish and Becky became a trending topic on Twitter X. Uh, with fans venting about the situation and Trish shared a fan's comment to encourage people to continue talking about them. Uh, so, uh, you know, the girls using the girls selling for social media and then backhandedly putting it out there. So they know that it'll get through the stooge reports of the sheets and trickle back up that they're pissed off, but they don't want to rock the boat. So they feel like they're owed. So this is how the silent heat ping pong game is played back and forth using petty little fucking social media. Instead of going, we need to go have a discussion. Uh, you know, if you were really the man, that's how you'd fucking <laughs> handle your biz briz. Um, but the funny follow-up story in that is Becky Lynch explains why she tries to avoid reading what people write about her online. She says, I try not to keep stock of what everybody's saying about me. I try to avoid comments. I try to avoid dirt sheets because I think of myself as an artist. Uh, I do think of myself as an artist and I think when you're being bombarded by opinions, good or bad, it takes an effect on you in one way or the other, whether you're mentally strong enough to say, well, that doesn't bother me somewhere. It lives, it lives in your head. And especially when it's the negative stuff, it will live in your head, but even the good stuff, you know, like what you brought to the dance doesn't always keep you at the dance. So, you know, you have to be able to adapt, have to be able to trust your instincts and go with that. I find that this world, we are constantly being bombarded by opinions. You should be this. You should do that. It takes a different thinking to be able to stand out and have to be able to trust yourself because you're the one that followed your gut to get you to where you want to get it. Uh, so if you're listening to other people saying, well, I should have done this, I would have done that. Well, you didn't, and you haven't lived that life that I have uh, have been, and you haven't spent the experience that I've spent in the ring and around the business. So I think there's a way of respecting other people's opinions, but trying not to get too invested and involved uh, because one way or another, whatever anybody says to you, it lives and it lives in your brain and it'll affect something you do, whether you like it or not. Um, I would say, how about this? No sell, no sell everything. Keep it to yourself. Instead, you tweet back and clap back at the greatest WWE writer of all time and go, diss you? Who diss? You a hoe with your little fucking backstage click of people who want to get over and blow sunshine up your ass uh, in order to do that. And then we go to the Dirt Sheet podcast and we talk very openly like this is a group therapy session. And when you're calling yourself the man, these are not things that the man, John Wayne or Clint Eastwood or anybody else who's been portrayed as the man would do. They don't sit around the fireside after they wipe out all the fucking Indians in the big battle and go, you know, I feel bad about myself because my father didn't like me enough. And uh, if I just feel like I kill one more Native American, that that'll really 
you know, make me feel whole again. <laughs> they don't have these group therapy sessions that are in public when you're trying to protect a character. And that's the problem with the entire millennial generation, whether it's MJF talking ADHD and RDS fucking pharmacology because his theater mom fucking wanted to protect him from any little criticism because he couldn't, or the fact that he's running around the backyard and she's four Chardonnays into the wind and doesn't want to have to deal with him. So fucking shove this pill down his throat so he calms down, zones out, and put an iPad in front of him. That's the entire generation. That's what they're made of. They're not made of going out and building fucking quarter pipe kicker ramps, skinning your knee up, chipping your tooth, almost drowning in the river, but you just happen to fucking save yourself because Darwinism <laughs> fucking made sure you lived or died, and some kids don't. You know, so all that fucking bullshit, man, that where I see these, oh, woe is me post, it lives in my head and da 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 absolutely brutal. And they, they won't acknowledge that that is what is truly the issue, not the fact that there's trolls out there who have ridiculous opinions. It's them selling for it. It's them not being able to go to the office and having to retweet some fan saying, keep it going, girl, or whatever the fuck, because you're passively, aggressively pissed off that you got pulled off the show. I don't know what to tell you. I do know what to tell you. I just told you. Grow the fuck up. <laughs> oh, shit. AEW president Tony Khan, a true grown-up, addresses Jade Cargill's status with the company. As previously noticed, Jade Cargill, uh, future with AEWs is uncertain her following her lengthy TBS title reign. While there is no word regarding when Jade will be back on TV, AEW president Tony Khan spoke with Mike Johnson of PW Insider while he's paying him 150 bucks now too, and addressed her status with the company. Well, Jade's still with us. <laughs> Like she's dead. Uh, and Jade has been on sabbatical since her upset, uh, I believe, title loss after her unbelievable undefeated run. And Chris Statlander is now the TBS champion, and she's made some defenses of the title, but Jade is still with us. And I can say for certain what I can't say for certain what anybody's going to do in the future, but we certainly value Jade and everything she's done here. Wow. That to me seems like kind of a kiss off right there of like. She's with us now, which means she's in under contract and we appreciate her, but I'm not going to resign her for what she's asking for because her matches are still pretty green. And, um, you know, we don't have the confidence that she's ready to be our top draw. That's why we gave her a secondary title. And unfortunately it's just not there. And I'm saying to myself, that's in booking her in the matches the way you have. Uh, I think Jade should definitely go to WWE. She's obviously a one-of-a-kind fucking athlete talent and look. Um, you know, and if you're going to turn Bianca Belair, Belair heel, I would bring Jade in to help with that. You know, there's a lot there that she can do to be uh, in that click and crew and develop something very interesting, very much with Bobby Lashley's 2.0, 3.0 of the Hurt Business. There's opportunity there. So I don't know how much time Jade has left on her contract, but you got to believe that WWE's had their eye on her since day one-ish, you know? And now that she's got some time on TV under her belt, might not be some of the best recorded stuff in wrestling history, but hey, she was put on TV way too soon because she looks so incredible. 
you know, and you can do that with a lot of baby faces that are green. As long as you've got good heels to work around them, that's the problem with AEW. Most of their girls are pretty green. And when we finally get a girl like Taya Valkyrie, who's got a lot of in-ring experience, you're hoping that it'll go well. And then it doesn't go well. And then people are like, if that's kind of one of your last chances of they put 60 wins on you and it doesn't go well, which anything can happen. They're rolling their eyes. Your naysayers are going, see, we were right. She's not the one. Tony Storm's the one. Like, And then, you know, <laughs> the women's evolution, revolution, whatever you want to call it, post-grabbing by the pussy, speaking out movement of girls together, girl power, it always comes down to some pettiness. It always comes down to them burying somebody or getting pulled from the show and them going, they don't respect women's wrestling. Well, it's not the draw. And a lot of times the spots are botched and we're trying to have the best show possible. But you can't say that your work is subpar uh, because then we're just misogynist and we're not that. No, we're business people. We're carnies trying to put on a great show. And if you've been given X amount of opportunities and you drop the ball, then you're not going to be on the show. And it's not anything to do with what's between your legs or on your chest. It's got everything to do with the quality of work. And can we trust you to carry the ball and tell the story we need to? And it's not a women's thing because let's go into sheer. Those guys are fucking killers. They look like, right? They had four squash matches and all four of them got fucked up. If you can't get over in two minutes and get over clean in four chances, you know, three strikes, you're out. We gave you four and you still didn't get over what they do, pull them off TV, even before they go back to India instead of building them because they can't be trusted to even do a simple squash. And it's unfortunate because there's tons of money there with them, but that's what happens. You're, you're hit row. <laughs> you botch one fucking dive and become a meme. You're a rib on camera and then you're off camera. Your, your push is over with. So it's not just uh, – they'll, they'll play that card of misogyny or the women aren't this or the women are catty or they can't be trusted uh, of each other even though they try and put on this front. But it really comes down to the quality of what you're putting out there product-wise, you know, and uh, and that's that. <laughs> but they'll, they'll want to play every other card possible to – elude that it has something to do they they can never put it go, just go yeah dude we had a stinker shit of a match Britt baker and uh who was it uh was it tony storm uh just like ugh, you know no Britt baker and uh taya unfortunately and because and people like and taya sold for all that stuff online too just like becky's talking about and that's an and that's another problem of of killing your own superstar status so they really need to step up. And even if they're going to sell for anything, which they never should go, yeah, that was a shitter of a match. You only say that to the boys who, you know, like everybody has them, you know, or you're not happy with your performance, but you don't go online and fucking try and pass the buck and play the victim after that. You stay small. You know that the match sucked. You want to do better. Hopefully you're not on a bad streak. And the next time you're out, you can save face because the more you go online and sell the, now you've just given the trolls what they want. Cause now they're really looking at your match to pick shit apart going, we got her on that one. Wait till she has another shitty one. And then we can come back and drill them again. Like <laughs> the, the instant you sell and make yourself the victim, they got you. They, they fucking got you right by the nips on that shit. So 
there needs to be a big social media slash superstar class class slash learn how to improvise class slash no sell and shut the fuck up class uh which i should probably take too uh let's see here uh yeah so the other uh hot news coming out of that about the women's locker room was lou fisto uh quote says that good that everybody at aew got the memo to write as much shit on me as possible uh so i can be seen as a waste of a human being not worth living even people who had never never had a single conversation with me even better to see people i never did anything wrong being so desperate your hate towards me will get you finally fucking working together for the best of women's wrestling now that problems have been called out so many miserable frustrated and whisper their anger but will never stop and stand up and speak i wanted to leave this world knowing women's wrestling was better it was for a while but not anymore the sad part is that you accept it without saying a word it is what it is what a waste uh yeah i saw mjf and soraya and ty Mello and taya and renee paquette all you know all girls in the cool kids club like that's the there's your female cobra kai right there soraya coming from uh wwe independent royal carniness that they're all going to put over renee paquette top guy's wife who got a fucking gig taya valkyrie I'm with Johnny Moe and he's a made guy. And so am I Ty Mello, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, pregnant by, by another dude who's down with Jericho. So everybody can fucking come out and shoot bang, bang. But what I said on the WWE side is true over here. There is all that pettiness. There is Britt Baker's click. There is everybody hating on Thunder Rosa. There is Thunder Rosa running away after taking liberties with talent and not sitting there at gorilla shaking somebody's hand saying i'm sorry and da, 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 or, are you okay instead doing the opposite of what a professional wrestler does uh the tony storm being the interim champion while roses on the fucking shelf cutting promos on her that are half shoot on camera with her two girls backing her up which creates more paranoia uh you know just more and more and more of these little things that are so petty uh, that it all bubbles to the top, right? And and Britt being with Adam Cole and Adam Cole being Tony's favorite guy, like all these little in the Florida bubble workings of who's going to pull strings. And then an outsider like Lou Fisto, who's been working for a long time, has paid all the dues, um, you know, gets half buried or somebody treats her like shit. And then she they get called out on it. That's what unites them. That shows that they will go and hate like they'll hate amongst themselves until they have somebody a target to point that hate right at. And if you're in the cool kids over club, then of course we're coming to your aid and this bitch isn't shit because she's not over and not on TV and da 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 da. As opposed to going, wow, we've got some real internet heat here. We should bring Lufisto back in and have her go with Britt Baker or, or whoever and get some fucking money and mileage out of this instead everybody sells like a little eighth grade pussy fucking with their first phones or you can take it back to slam books and fucking uh you know talking shit about each other at the at the lunch table but they all gather up when it's somebody else over at the other table who's not in the cool kids club it, it, it's it's the pettiness and the smallness of the wrestling bubble all the way around you know what i mean and not saying if they want that heat online then they need to bring it on camera because that's where your audience lies. That you have all internet dorks who fucking watch this shit 24-7 looking for these little things to fan the flames. So 
we'll see, man. But that's just the truth of, yeah, I'll, I'll be honest, almost every entertainment that I've been in, <laughs> theatrical, improv, wrestling, uh, I don't know about the podcast games. I don't have many females on staff, uh, but they all get jealous. I, I never had any issue like that with ODB or the beautiful people, I guess, because we're all separated digitally. Uh, not that I would, but that just is true. I'm sure with the cheerleading squad or who's going to be head cheerleader or the dance team or whatever, the pettiness and cattiness of women will always fucking arise. It's in our, it's in our DNA as humans. Not to say the men aren't fucking the same at it but women being in a more emotion-based uh mammal as opposed to men being uh testosterone uh <laughs> led around by their dick based uh you know that you, these are just the things you're gonna have to expect and deal with and there is a way to deal with them and selling for them or no selling for uh, the ridiculousness of the cattiness in the locker room and not having somebody like a fit finley whip these girls into shape and not allow that shit to go on, then you're only going to get more and more issues of it. Um, this one got me. I'm not trying to belittle the guy, but again, another killer, uh, that, uh, should be a top guy. And here's the headline about him this week. Wardlow says he's been very depressed from not being on AEW TV. Oh, he discussed it, uh, in a, uh, some Comic-Con or whatever. Terrificon. Uh, it says, it's very surreal for me to be sitting up here, and I think these two gentlemen, Dan Housen and Ethan Page, would agree. I think we all have similar come-ups in this business we've been grinding for years. We've probably be dreamed and wished of getting moments like these our whole lives, so I've been off TV for a couple of months, and I've been very depressed. Wrestling is my everything. It makes me happy, so today I feel like me again for the first time in months. So I just wanted to say thank you for the guys coming out because you guys really flipped a switch in my mind and my heart that I needed, so thank you. I do the, the, the I'm depressed baby face. Thank you guys for helping me find my smile shit is one of the worst things. It was sucked when Sean did it. And this guy's a fucking killer with an unbelievable physique and look and tons of money written on him. And here he is talking to the fucking peanut gallery about his depression issues, bro. As opposed to being a superstar and going, um, yeah, time off the road's been great for me. My back feels good. I've been lifting heavier than I ever have. Feel stronger. And uh, as soon as I got the green lights, uh, you know, or not even the green lights. I'm picking my next target carefully because I'm not going to be marginalized again like I was before. This time it's Wardlow's world and uh, what I say goes. That's what a superstar does. That's what a baby face does. Not, I'm jacked and I've been grinding and I'm so depressed. And But thank you guys for making me feel good. Like, that's, that's children shit. That is millennial children bullshit. That's helicopter parents participation trophy bullshit. Uh, this one, uh, I guess we'll come close. Um, our last two story with our from uh, what do you want to talk about? Cody Rhodes saying, uh, he gives us thoughts on the elite, the, the elite signing new contracts with AEW. Uh, he says, I'm very happy when any wrestler star superstar gets paid. Uh, I don't want to sound carny or hacky, but to know that your peers and people who take the bumps and go through all this and they have that type of physical struggle that comes with this gig to know they're getting paid is really exciting. I'm over the moon that this group, group. 
did what they did because as Nick Jackson said, I believe they made some NBA money off of it. Wow. In the uh, latest Observer, it says uh, Young Bucks agents Barry Bloom told them. Bloom uh, had told the Young Bucks that as far as he knew, this was the highest guarantee any tag team in pro wrestling history had ever gotten, and that would increase the highest contracts for Kevin Nash, and, and that would include the highest contracts for Nash and Hall in WCW, although obviously comparing a $20-$23 figure to late 90s in straight dollars doesn't mean much, given how inflation has changed the value going that far back. Um, who gives a shit, man? Uh, awesome for Nick and Matt, dude. Not that, like those, you want to talk about self-made, though? Those guys were millionaires off the bullet club shirts uh based on how badass they were uh, you know rocking the underground and then got great contracts i'm sure first time around and i, I if, if they're that big i gotta believe probably i would just guess 10 million each maybe if we're talking nba money nobody in the nba seems to be signing for anything less than two uh figures when it comes to millions right so um get that money bro i mean and set a standard uh, for wrestlers of the money we we could be getting compared to all other pro athletes who, you know, can't do what we do for the amount of times a year and <laughs> the punishment that it takes and who play team sports as opposed to a singles competition uh, or even a tag competition. So that that's fucking great for those guys and no hate there. Anytime a, a good brother gets to fucking paid out like that, it helps for everybody. And who knows when we need to open our second and third dispensary. Uh, Nick Jackson's only one phone call away. <laughs> so I'd be happy to make him a minority owner uh, of the bucks uh, to, to keep my business going. So keep getting that money, fellas. <laughs> I'll be calling soon. Uh, and our final uh, story today, something that's intrigued me because I usually have a pretty good stooge report uh, is connected to Cody, but I don't know what this is. And I've seen it a couple places Maybe the chat's heard rumors. Maybe it's in the new Hameen Media. But but I, even I don't know. And uh, to keep saying it, and it keeps coming out on the cock, Doc, uh, on Cody. Uh, let me see here. WWE star Cody Rhodes uh, on walking away from AEW. Quote, it was the easiest thing I ever did. That's interesting. Uh, WWE started an interview with GQ sports and he was asked if it was hard to close the AEW chapter of his life since he helped start the company. Cody's response was this. He says, Nope, it was the easiest thing I ever did. And it's because I had a personal issue that I wasn't, that I wasn't a personal issue that I wasn't going through over or around. I was just going to steer clear of it. If anything, I wanted to look at what we had done in AEW and say, amazing. What a wonderful time a beautiful memory, a very special in every way. And now it's time to move on, you know, all good things. And it certainly was like that with me. So, I mean, it's not in a negative way. Like I was happy to burn rubber and speed out, but I just wasn't a decision that was difficult for me or for Brandy. Um, this is interesting, man, because I know he's down with the bucks. They, they made him cool. They helped get him over with the indie cred. So I don't think the issues with them, um, and, you know, so that comes down to a couple things. It's either Moxley, which I don't think Moxley gives too much of a fuck to like start shit like that. Punk's down with Cody. So they were all in Cobra Kai together. However, Punk can burn friendships <laughs> as has been seen with, with Colt. You know what I mean? 
uh, that where we were super tight and some things make their run and come to an end. So I don't know there. Uh, I, uh, it could have been money with con, you know, which I don't know if it, if it was, uh, in that or not, uh, of, of wanting it. I believe if they're signing the bucks that Cody definitely could have named his price and probably stayed or my suspicion is it's something with Jericho and he's referenced this two or three places in the last week, uh, when asked, but nobody knows what the personal issue is, or was it something at home? You know, I got to believe that, uh, maybe the pressure and, and whoa, baby, and everything else that was going on, uh, maybe at home and the new baby that, that would definitely have some influence over some things, but in the, I haven't seen the Peacock doc, but all, all I've seen is the, uh, quick clips. And there's one of Kevin Owens, like Vince McMahon flew to his house personally. Who, who do you ever do that for? Yada, 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 to put over how important he is, but something's going on that's bigger and more rotten in Denmark. And that would also lead me to go opposite of what every AEW star is saying of everything's fine. No, we all get along. Locker room's never been better. And your leader left. Like it, it starts at the top. It sets the tone all the way down of where you need to be. Right. If you see top guys pulling a bunch of shit and they're getting away with it or they're being petty back and forth, that sends the message of shit. That's what I need to do to be a top guy and fight my business and cut somebody's throat as opposed to let's all be on the same page with group mind group, group. and, you know, recognizing patterns and doing crossover business and trying to create these worlds. Instead, everybody's out for their own little segment to go highest rated segment. I shine the most. Uh, I want the whole show to be fucking awesome. You know, and how do I fit in? They're all no small parts, only small players, right? So um, that's interesting why it keeps getting alluded to, but nobody, because Cody's smart enough to not put that out there. That's a shot at something, but we're not getting to the definition of what it is. So I'll be interested to keep an eye on that story to, to find out what may have happened, what that personal issue is. If you guys hear anything, obviously posted Hami Media group group and uh make sure you're signed up and sharing that invite invite other great wrestling friends and fans i know that uh we try to invite as many as we can uh from memory but if you see somebody who's not in there uh please uh send them an invite and let's get the numbers uh even higher than where they were before that would be an, an awesome thing this week to see the community come together at hmg and channel attitude and then help push that all actually uh you know in the brand fan group as well make sure a lot of people there included, but you know, we're the, we're the hardcore psycho wrestling fans, uh, trying to say the real talk in, in hopes of better in the business to some degree. And, uh, you know, sometimes that hurts some feelings and makes people depressed. Uh, so we'll fucking see what the fuck, uh, it does, man. Instead of them going, yeah, I need to get better at my job. I can fucking say that about a lot of my matches. Uh, can they, yeah, I don't need to go. They said my match sucked. Yeah, it, it fucking sucked. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, Briz. Uh, that's just the way she goes sometimes. Take the director's note and be a fucking better performer next time. That's all you can really hope for. So uh, good, though. Uh, hanging out this morning, an hour and 10 minutes. Going to wrap it up here because I got to get on with uh, Big Stevie Cool so we can do the SmackDown Live SummerSlam review. Definitely want to ask him about Cody and Brock and his finish. Uh, ideas for that and everything that uh, hopefully 
I'm sure you just watch some of the highlights. Yeah, Stevie isn't going to sit through all that son of a bitch, you know, and that'll unfuse your spine. I don't care if you're sitting in an ice cold bath or not. That's, it's a lot of wrestling. So, uh, it's the way she goes, boys. It's the way she goes. Uh, but I'll be in the ring this weekend on pay-per-view premier TV, 1499. You guys, uh, to get the immortal, this is immortal. Uh, pay-per-view i know there's gonna be hmg fans there live so that'll be great getting some picks and hanging out with them and uh yeah enzo amore uh, teddy long uh jora joel fandango cheeseburger the sons of allah and uh, plenty more great immortal wrestling talents will be in the house from the new nexus center 14.99 great price for the pay-per-view if there was a place for you to steal it you know i'd give it up but i haven't gotten that info yet so uh but if you can support that'd be awesome and uh thank you guys uh being here live this morning for the monday locker room uh thanks to my students for the awesome uh little hameen wrestling buddy i should bring that down here maybe we'll get that on the friday locker room this week uh, you can see that one up close. So, uh, but y'all, uh, uh, well, we, we're already selling. The Artisan Returns is going to buy the pay-per-view. This is Immortal on Premiere TV, you guys. Check out uh, at ImmortalCW on Twitter. I'm sure it'll have, uh, oh, I, I can't even call it Twitter anymore, X. They even got rid of retweets. They're calling it reposts now. So it's an ever-changing world and an ever-changing product, uh, just like we try and stay on the forefront here. Thanks for subscribing, you guys. Hopefully you have a great week to kick things off, and uh, we'll keep an eye on the news and the sheets. Yeah! And keep an eye on my spinal fusion. I'm coming back next week, pal. You can't stop me, you son of a bitch. If you're not Caucasian, uh, then yeah. leave. Mark Henry was... I'm going, oh, I don't make the rules around.